0: Hello people and welcome to another episode of The Rock Show. And today we're talking Frank Zappa, and we have a special guest from Parts Are Known, Mr. Dan Scott. Dan Scott, right? Yeah. So, can you put uh, can you put your mask on real quick?
1: Just to see what it says. Yes. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Dan has a custom-made I mask hope here. I late. It's a very nice mask. Yeah. yeah. And this guy, and, and he gives his gratitude <laughs> to the China virus. Thanks China. Thank you. Thanks nice China. Thanks nice China. Nice China. <laughs> <laughs> so now, it's also Mr. Scott's birthday. So yeah. Happy birthday. Happy man. birthday. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. All right, everybody. So this wait is, or, this is yeah. episode 95, right? Did
0: I say that before? Of the rock show? It, could, it could be 95. Five more to 100. Right, 100. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think wow. you're right. I think
1: you're right. Yeah. This is a special show. Uh, if you remember, everybody voted for the December schedule. <laughs> And Frank Zappa got the most votes, so that's the first show we're doing. We're going to do two more of the shows that you guys voted on. So thank you all for that. Uh, and anybody who's been worried about me, yes, I'm alive. I've been in Facebook jail for two weeks, and, and people have been concerned about me. They get shanked in Facebook jail or whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> such funny, like, saying, go, go vote. <laughs> 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 go vote. Okay, okay. Okay. So <laughs> let's make a little salute right here. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Cheers everybody. And we got a big program today. I got thirty pages of notes. Cheers. 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 I know some stuff. Wow. This guy's a big zap ahead, that's why I wanted him to come on. So how we gonna, how uh, we
0: gonna how we gonna start this show? What well, you guys want to start? Cause has well, got a long has got a, a long
1: career. Uh, we're gonna just start at the beginning.
0: Can I just tell you something? I saw a little documentary about him. Yeah. yeah and he was shitting on music video. Yeah. said they'll cost like a hundred thousand dollars to make, but you need to make one now. But the record company don't oh, even like, pay for yeah. you or this and that. Yeah. He was like
1: fucking like. Yeah. He shitted on everything. You know, I, yeah. like, wow. I, I will. I will say this. All right. My whole life, I've had like a deep respect for Frank Zappa. And honestly, I couldn't get into a lot of his music. Uh, some of it I really like, some of it I'm just kind of like it's way out there. But doing the research on his show, like, I learned a lot. And uh, definitely started to like some of the stuff that I kind of didn't give a big listen to before. So, you know, thanks for that.
0: And i like to give a shout out to all the people on the rock show. The um, Beatles, um, Rebarbo hit a uh, 10,000 $10, $10, on the I'm podcast, sure. yeah. and it's hitting about, and they got about 100 people right now. I just put the video, and it hit 100 so far. We got a bunch of reviews on it, too. Okay, great. You know great. So, you know, what? Thank you for the people out there listening. Uh, you know what? Go to our Patreon. Let's uh, find a way to support the show. The T-shirts, Rocker Mike still needs to make a T-shirt. I <laughs> on. It, what happened with Oh, right. you wanted to make that Oh, that one. That
1: yeah. one? Work? Oh, I'll do that. Yeah, you know what? You didn't know that was I got, one? I got a green park, man. I'm, I'm not, it's, a, I'm... So it's a subway train. It says, Oh, on yeah.
0: Cross. Oh, I yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: cool. i put that. Yeah, I'll see. i have yeah. got that. i my my college. College. Yeah, Get Yeah, get a couple extra lodges. <laughs> All right. Then, All right. So let's go. Let's start at the beginning. Mr. Frank Zappa. He was born December 21st, 1940, in Baltimore. His parents were of Sicilian, French, Greek, and Arab descent. Oh, and yes. Italian was spoken often in his house. Now, his father's name was Francis Vincent Zappa. Interesting guy. He was a chemist. He was a mathematician. And he worked in the defense, in the defense industry. Uh, his line of work kind of kept him moving around. The family had to move around a lot. Um, and after some time in Florida in the 1940s, the family returned to Maryland where Frank's dad was working at a place called the Edgewood Arsenal Chemical Warfare Facility. Okay, so this is a place that made mustard gas. Holy shit! Yeah, he mentions it in some of his songs. Uh, in, in case of emergencies, the neighborhood would have people in their homes would have gas masks yep. in case that anything was released into the air. Uh, this had a big effect on Zappa, right? His lyrics would mention these things later on in his life Uh, he would reference things like germ warfare uh his ailments that he had uh mention of of, of the defense industry and some of his lyrics it was always a topic now mention of ailments in Zappa's music uh were because he was sick often as a kid okay yeah he had bad asthma he would get earaches he would have like sinus issues things like that all the time, your like problems breathing. You Bre- 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 <laughs> well, this is before you smoke, yeah. So, he even had a doctor one time, and I thought this was bizarre. A doctor one time inserted radium into his nostrils, holy shit, right, why? Ra- radium yeah. pellets, yeah. all right, radiation. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, they didn't know yeah. at the time how dangerous that would be, okay. And uh, it was supposed to clear his sinuses, and yeah, it would, but
0: that
1: he died of out. prostate. Cancer. Yeah. I mean it could have been related to that. You know, did that it. It yeah. I mean
0: did that create a cause? You know what, with those radiation
1: and shit. Who knows, you know, but the longer the family lived near this chemical plant, the more Zappa was sick. So Zappa years later claimed that he probably was exposed to some kind of mustard gas. Mm. Okay. Uh, but he didn't know for sure, so his health was a big concern, and the family had to move. So they up and they moved to Monterey, California. His father got a job teaching in metallurgy. Okay, and was he teaching chemistry? Uh, well, no, metallurgy is like making metal molds and things oh. like that. Yes. Okay, so he, he
0: went to he chemistry. He was
1: a chemist. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but he worked. He, he taught at the Naval Postgraduate School. Oh, okay. So they would eventually. Uh, after Monterey would end up in San Diego. Now, at Mission Bay High School, Zappa, who had developed this big interest in music at that point, uh, joined the high school band as a drummer. Yep. And his musical in- 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 interests were all over the place. Uh, very eclectic. He liked R&B. Okay? Yeah. He liked uh, guys like Johnny Guitar Watson, Guitar Slim. Uh, he was into doo-wop music. He had yeah, one of the uh, one of the most extensive doo-wop record collections in by anybody, okay, um, but he also liked what was called modernism, all right, things like uh, Igor Stravinsky, Anton Webern, and Edgar Varèse all right, funny story about varese we'll get into it in a minute, but um, Zappa was very interested in modern classical music, and, which is Varèse basically, right, things yeah. like that, and he was also into the Puccini operas that his grandparents used to play around the house, yeah, he right? yeah. liked that a oh. lot. But in 1956, the family would move again within California to a place called Lancaster. It was a small farming town in the Antelope Valley in the Mojave Desert. It was near Edwards Air Force Base. Uh, Zappa's mom at the time was was very supportive of him with his musical instruments, uh, interests, and she got him on his 15th birthday uh, for a present. She got him a phone call to Edgar Verizzi. Okay. In New York City, okay, because he was such a fan she wanted him to speak to Edgar. Unfortunately, Edgar wasn't home. Yeah. Okay, but he did speak to his wife. Oh. And <laughs> she invited him out, you know, and everything. And then not too long after the phone call, he got a letter from Edgar. Oh Edgar, Edgar was like in Europe at the time. And obviously he couldn't talk, but he ended up writing him a letter and he invited him out and he said, you know, if you're a big fan, we could beat everything.
2: And I've actually heard
1: that at your release album. Think, I
2: have too. Yes. Yeah, my Bizarre. friend It's it, It's eclectic.
0: Definitely. Let me tell you, he played some weird shit, man. Like, the music, there was nothing, like, everything was from Let Feel, like, yeah. any song, and even the title of the song. But it. Like, but the lyrics yeah. were
2: so fucking clever. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. He, yeah. They asked him this, what kind of music do you He's right. the stuff you can't tap your foot into. Yep, that's true. Unless you're true. into odd comedy. Yeah, why yeah.
0: did they call him the godfather of comedy
1: rock? Because he did that before anybody. But What's he, comedy? What's yeah. Some of the lyrics are hilarious. Right. Some of them uh, are just... I, I
2: think
0: artists. comedy, I think yeah, like Weird like Al. Oh, yeah, like Weird Al.
1: Well, 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 Weird Al was definitely influenced by that. Yeah, oh, oh, he said totally yeah. by that. Totally yeah. influenced. So it makes sense to him to be the forefather of that. Yeah. You know, but now when uh, when he spoke to Grazi, uh, he ended up when he got that letter, he ended up framing it. He kept it for the rest yes. of his life. He loved that. Now, at the Antelope Valley High School, Frank met Don Glenn Vliet. Now, if you remember, Rob, who that is? Captain Bifar. Oh, yeah. OK, he would become Captain before They were very close friends. Um uh, they both had a strong interest in, in R&B, and trying, a strong interest <laughs> in R&B, uh, blues and other kinds of interests like film, okay, they were interested in making movies. Uh, Zappa was playing drums in a local band called The Blackouts at the time. Now, also in the band, that Blackouts band, was future Mothers of Invention member Euclid James Sherwood, also known as Motherhead, Motherhead okay. Ooh. Frank was getting interested in guitar at that point, also, uh, playing guitar. And in 1957, he got his first guitar. Uh, his eclectic musical tastes grew to include Howlin' Wolf. He was into Howlin' Wolf. and Wolf was great. Right, yeah. uh, Egyptian composer Halim El Dabak. I'm saying that You right? think that's why he
0: produced Captain Beefheart? Because everybody could put Captain Beefheart yes. to that. Howling like, Wolf. Remember with the special? Well, they were listening yeah. to Howling yeah. Wolf together. Yeah. And they were friends. So that's yeah. why. Because he t- definitely got influenced by Howling Wolf. Sitting
1: vocal, in vocal like, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he patterned his vocals after Howling Wolf. Yeah. 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 He yeah. yeah. You know? It was amazing. Um, in his senior year in high school, uh, Frank was given to writing and arranging, and he did nice. some, like, avant-garde, composing for his high school band, yeah. okay? I think you know, so Don Subez. Don Cerveus. Okay. I know that name. What is that? That's, he was his high school No, He's he, the
2: one that pushed him? He actually wrote a score for him. I believe it was called The World's Greatest Sinner
1: or Ron Yes, we're well, to him talk about The World's yeah. Greatest Sinner because it's a movie that he scored. Yes. Um, he would graduate in 1958, but in 1959, he left home, okay, which is I love when kids leave, like, you know, right out of high school, right? They, they, they don't yeah. do that. They don't do that no more. Got two more years <laughs> <now>. <laughs> So in 1959, he left home and he got a small apartment in the Echo Park section of Los Angeles, which was a dangerous which place. Which was to a bad neighborhood. Right, right. Here he had some other oh, right. oh, like Mexicans? Yeah, gangmen. Yeah, gangmen. Yeah, gang Chicago. He right. references it in yeah, a couple of times, yeah. Now, he had some private studies with a guy named Professor Carl Cohn of the Pomona College. Uh, and it was here that he met Kay Sherman, who he would marry in December of 1960. Uh, he got a job in advertising at that point, straight job. Uh, it would only be for a short time, but it, it, the short time that he, that he had the job, he learned the advertising industry, how it works, how to promote yourself, and all that stuff. And it would like be a strong influence for his whole career how he would do things on his own now Frank in his early 20s he tried to earn a living as a musician and a composer and he started briefly a new version of the blackouts and would often do nightclub gigs uh, to try to you know highlight some new material that he was writing and he also did the soundtrack for this low-budget film Uh, there were two actually he did one was called the world's greatest sinner that one called "Run Home Slow." Can I tell you, I've never seen those movies. World's greatest yeah. cinema shows up on a ton of classic movies once in a while. It's a Crazy fucking movie. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a B movie. You years know? ago, I, I saw it brief parts of it. I've never seen the whole. Movie. "Run Home Slow," I've never seen. But he he did the score for these two movies. Yeah. And it actually gave him a little bit of an income. Right. 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 That he could that sort of live off it in a cheap apartment in a well, he said at that you know? time he
2: was living off of bologna
1: sandwiches and peanut butter there you go sometimes yeah. like, sometimes together too yeah. uh he also would write and produce for local artists yep. all right uh he started working with singer-songwriter ray collins and producer paul buff now buff owned a studio called power recording studios in the cookamonga area the studio featured a unique one of a kind five track tape record uh, that zappa actually built itself yes, a lot. Lot. And, and you know studios in those days were usually at the most two tracks yep. okay you would if be stereo yes. or if you were one track you were model yep. yeah, yeah. records used to come out in mono. Model, yeah. yeah you know um, at that point in in 63 he was you know treading water doing his musical thing as much as he could he actually attracted the attention of Talk show host Steve Allen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Who had a late night show? Yes, he did. And Steve Allen asked him to come was on. Steve Allen like
0: the original tonight, he, show, uh, the tonight show. That was Jack.
1: That Hall. was Jack Carr. Oh, right. But Steve Allen was around that same he was, time. It the was Steve Jack Allen show? Yeah, I remember.
0: He was Steve
1: Jack competition.
3: Yeah,
0: he was the
1: competition. Okay. Jack Carr was the first Tonight Show. But but Steve Allen had. It was the same kind of thing. You know, yeah, yeah. Allen was actually pretty off the wall. If you watch like some of the stuff, yeah, way off the wall. But this is the this is the famous episode where Zappa comes on and he plays a bicycle as a musical instrument. OK, and famous line is, I've only been playing the bicycle. He says, "About two weeks. Yeah, I
2: was Zappa's like, oh, yeah, about two weeks.
1: And he's in a suit and everything. He's all, his he hands all switched back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't his have his mustache not or not, but you can tell it's him. Yeah. Right, the imperial thing on his chin. Um, he used a bow on the bicycle. He used drumsticks on it, and he even blows into the spokes while he's spinning the, the wheels around. And he, but he plays a song. It's funny. Yeah. It's like he actually has like a song. He, he really did. It. Yeah. Now, his musical collaborations with Captain Beefheart would kind of begin here, where they recorded in the PAL studios under the name The Suits, okay? Yep. S-O-O-T-S. And exactly. he tried to get them signed to Dot Records, uh, but they were like... No, you guys have no commercial potential no whatsoever. Commercial right. potential. So he got rejected, and Zappa would later kind of uh, put that that story on the sleeve of Freak Out. He talked about it, the, the first uh, Mother's of Inventions. How in '64 his marriage was falling apart, and he ended up moving into the Pal Studios directly, so he Which could work there. Named. Right, he could work there 12 hours a day. Uh, he took over control of the studios. And from, yeah, that's right. He's playing, he's playing a bicycle right there. right there. You can see that on YouTube. It's fucking it's hilarious. On YouTube. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to put it on the link then.
1: Okay. All right. Good. Good. Uh, Paul, Paul Buff, who owned the studio, uh, went on to some other projects yes. and let Frank run the place. Pretty much. Right. So he called it Studio Z. He changed yeah. the name to that. Studio Z. Z. He began performing in local bars at that point, uh, as a guitarist in the band The Mothers. But before they were the Mothers, they were called the, the Soul Giants. Yeah. Right, right, right. He would change the name to the Mothers, and you know, there's a connotation with that where it means like motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They made him. Put yeah, but on the, right. Eventually, yeah. had to end you know, the old inventions. But he would get into some legal trouble when he started working yes. with Studio Z uh, Police, he, there was a write-up about him as a local film scoring producer kind of right. thing, and the police thought he was making pornography. Yep. Oh. Okay. And he wasn't. Okay. Wow. But but they thought he was. What was the
0: name of the movie? The King uh,
1: the World's Greatest Sinner. Well, he didn't, make, he didn't make he movie not make the movie. Ooh, no, but it wasn't.
0: He, a, it wasn't porn. Was no. Oh. no, So why did they take this porno?
1: I don't know. They thought th- they didn't think specifically that was porn. He was But, weird they, looking, but so. he was a weird guy, and they said, "Oh, he, there was a write-up about him in the paper that he's involved in the film industry." Yeah, they
0: called it the, so king, they, the, the
1: movie king of what
0: was that? The movie king of Kukamanga Kukumanga. Yeah. The yeah. local Right. Yeah. It, lo- it was a local. It was a local. It was a local paper. It's okay. actual song
1: right he writes.
2: Yeah. So. Cucamonga.
1: Cucamon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He talks about it. I thought
0: that's, that's ninja, I thought that's what the
1: Ninja turtles say. It's a real place, Kukumanga. Yeah, Cucamon. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Cuc- yeah. It. Alamundo? 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 Something like yeah. um th- What the police did was they set him up. Okay, yep. they sent another uh, undercover vice squad officer who offered him one hundred dollars to produce a sexually suggestive audio tape for a bachelor party. Yep. Okay, an audio okay, tape, not okay. a video. Right. So, sad. so, well, in those days, that could be pornography. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Right. And you gotta remember, California in the '60s, early '60s, was a very conservative place. Oh yeah. That may not have happened in New York, but it would have happened there. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Zappa and a female friend. He accepted the offer, so a female friend and him got together, and and she had like she put on a voice like she was having an orgasm, order. and you know, like a, a session.
2: And, and what she did was she she jumped up and down on the bed
1: like she's, she's getting recorded. Yeah, it. And he he did. yeah, he did. And, and she and was just like moaning, moaning. It was and it was yeah. an audio tape. It wasn't video. So when the when the vice officer came back to get the tape and pay him, uh, the press was actually ticked off about this too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Huh? Yeah, you <laughs> know, and he took the money and he got arrested yeah. right there. Yeah. Conspiracy to commit. The conspiracy to make yeah, to make pornography. Okay. <laughs> that did save him We will we'll talk We're about that in about a second. That. That, yeah, he he got what happened was conspiracy to commit pornography was the charge. They raided the studio. They took all his fucking tapes Everything. Okay, so he, he lost like all of, it, all, of it, all of it. All right. Um he ended up getting a six month felony charge reduced. To a misdemeanor and 30 days, but he had like it was he actually only served 10. Okay, Okay. but he was in tank C, C, which is a song, yeah, which is a song. But the imprisonment would leave like a permanent mark on him, obviously. He would write a song about it, but what it did was, and this is one of the things I love about Zappa, he had this like anti authoritarian oh, yeah, he did everything. He just was like, fuck you all, I'm, I'm all about freedom of, of expression, right, again. freedom of speech, and and he was like that for the rest of his life after that. He was very, oh. he was very about also
0: self-education, that you teach yourself, you yeah. it, and you teaching yourself, and you learn it, he was like a total, he was fucking
1: fuck God, man. When he he went, didn't like, he didn't believe in, in, in school right, the way we do right, it, right, okay? Right, right, he, he believed that people should be taught according to how they learn. You and, know, yeah. all those kids to drop
2: out, they all did. Yeah. Were
1: when, they homeschooled? I'm yeah, sure, so. yes. maybe,
2: maybe, but he was a champion of freedom of speech because when he was at the Garrett
1: Theater, yeah, Lenny That's Bruce used to open up. for Yes, him. <laughs> he <was off-line laughs> and, he, and he actually produced Lenny Bruce's last yes. album before he yes. died. Right. Yep. right, right, right. Um, and unfortunately, with this arrest, he did lose all his all this stuff at the studio. Right. Yeah, he knows
0: like thirty. He does
1: like other uh, than the eighty recording, he, knows he like, like dirt and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah he that few back. Now, in the spring of 65, Ray Collins asked Frank to take over for a spot as guitarist in the R&B band called the Soul Giants. right? right? And he had been in and out anyway with them, you know, hanging out with them and stuff like that. Uh, Ray had a falling out with the the original guitar player. So he asked Zapper to join. Zapper accepted. And immediately... Zapper being Zapper, he kind of took over the band. Yeah. yeah okay. He had that personality, you know, he'd take over whatever he was yeah. involved in. Um, he quickly became the co singer. He was another vocalist. And he convinced the rest of the band to start playing his music. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Okay. Is, yeah. 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 Now, the band renamed themselves think, the Mothers. I think the reason they did that is because they probably had a better chance with the music he was putting together. I think that they to looked, the You're right. I think that they looked at. What he was doing, yeah, and said, "Wow, this guy's we got a fucking, fucking talent." They, yeah. they were also tired of playing in the bars
2: around California, and you had to play, you had to play a certain set to
1: make people drink.
2: Yeah, get them horny, cover so drink some more.
1: Yeah, okay. play, play if the You originals, you'd be thrown out. It yeah. was. I mean, and, and the music industry was like that on the East Coast too. In yeah. New York clubs—if you played originals, they didn't want you. Yep. Yeah. They wanted you to, you know, his songs they knew. Yep. Yeah. Which was ridiculous. Punk scene came. Out yeah. Um, yeah. Well. But now, the, the Mothers actually changed their name from Soul Giants to the Mothers on Mother's Day. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so Frank uh, was connected with a manager named Herb Cohen. He knew this guy and he assisted that yeah, he would take on the mothers and he assisted getting them um into the los angeles underground scene in early 66 record producer tom wilson spotted them playing the song trouble every day which was about the watch lines all right uh that had just happened like a year earlier. Right? um wilson had produced bob dylan and simon and garfunkel and he he was one of the few, really one of a handful of black producers that were on the scene at the time. There weren't that many black producers. And he was good. Look at the people he produced. Yeah. You know, um, Wilson got them signed to MGM Verve. Okay, uh, MGM was the main label, Verve, Verve being the but, subsidiary. Verve in those days not a slouch. No, it wasn't. It's a very. predominant it, jazz it, label. it was. It was mostly a jazz label. Yeah. But do you know who was on Verve at the same time? Oh, Velvet Underground. Oh shit! That's right. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. Which, and I, I, think there's a you know, the Velvet Underground were kind of like the East Coast Mothers in a way. Yeah, you know, this avant-garde kind of thing. I you know? yeah. I mean, different, different, but but the different. Nauk Nauk yeah. Different, but same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Verb had one condition in the signing. they had to change <laughs> their name from Mothers to something else. And the suggestion was. The mothers of Invention. The reason being is mothers had a connotation of being like motherfucker. Yeah. And they didn't want to have any problem with that. So they agreed. And you know, Mothers out of, of Invention, necessity. out of necessity, they, they agree. Yeah.
0: I've read that thing. That's, that's,
1: that's, that's, that's a great name of a band. It is. It is. It was a band. So immediately they began working with Tom Wilson on what would become the debut album, Freak Out. In the Sunset Studios in Hollywood, Wilson got them a Let full studio
2: because
1: he's produced Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, and, and all the people. I think he's
2: still around. I think mean, he's not producing. Is he alive? I think he's. alive. I think he's alive.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he might. be. Um,
2: yeah, Bob Dylan's "Blonde
1: on Blonde." That yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. was a big hit. Yeah, it was a huge hit. Um, <laughs> the album "Freak Out." is an interesting mix of, of, of all the things that Zappa was into. Right? You got doo-wop, R&B, orchestral music, and kind of like experimental sounds. That was part of the, the freak-out L.A. scene, and, 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 which was Avacar. Right, exactly, exactly like you're saying. Now, just to, to kind of understand the two scenes in California. You had your San Francisco scene, and then you had your L.A. scene. Yeah, totally different. The L.A. scene—I mean, they were hippies, but it wasn't like the, you know, "yo peace and love" man kind of like. It was a little more like they were doing drugs, but it was just out there, you know, more avant-garde. Kind of probably more what was going on in New York in in relation to what was going on in San Francisco, sort of like um, Warhol Factory type stuff. But yeah, West Coast, the West Coast version. Yeah. version of that, which I'm sure. I mean, I know I know the Warhol crowd, the Velvet Underground hated going to California in general. So you know they probably didn't like each other, but they maybe had a few things in common. Okay, so the lineup of the Mothers album was this: it was Frank on vocals and guitar. He had Ray Collins also on vocals, and he played tambourine. Okay, Roy Estrada, bass and vocals. You had Jimmy Cole Black, the Indian of the group, the Indian of the group. That's right, on drums and vocals, the and the guitarist Elliot Engberg, yeah. who wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah he beginning. had a different name. He joined he would the use, band, He change. would use a different yeah. right, name. He would use a different name later on. Now Tom Wilson had kind of promoted to MGM Verve that the Mothers of Invention were like a white news band, yeah. which they really weren't. Uh, they were kind of far from that. Yeah. Uh, what they were doing in the studio for Freak Out was kept quiet for as long as possible, but word kind of started to leak out what they were doing, yeah. and trouble started. Um, there was there was a track that they wanted to work on called "The Return of the Son of Monster Magnet." Okay, <laughs> and. The track on... It's the last track on Freak Out. It's like an 11-minute song. Yeah. It was supposed to be much longer. It was supposed to be like several pieces combined. Yeah. Okay? And they needed more time in the studio to record it, and MGM wouldn't give them the money for it. Right. Uh, so when you listen to Freak Out, the last track, they, they put it out as an 11-minute song. But Zappa always felt it was incomplete, because it was, yes. and, and wasn't happy with the way the album came out because of that. Interesting enough... Monster Magnet. We had a band in the 90s called Monster Magnet. Yeah. Yes. That's but cool. in the 60s, do you remember what a Monster Magnet was? Because we probably had it as kids in the 70s, too. It was a toy. It was a toy by a Wham-O.
0: Oh, the it, was a,
1: it was like a magnet. It was called a Monster Magnet. It, had like a, it was a different shape or something yeah. like that. But that's what it was. Um, now, while recording Freak Out, Frank moved into a house in Laurel Canyon with a friend named Pamela uh, Zarabika. and she appears on the album, okay? Uh, soon the house kind of became a center for a lot of LA musicians and groupies. Now, when you say groupies in LA at that time, you gotta talk about the GTOs, right? Girls together, Girls Girls together, together outrageously. Yeah. with Pamela DeBar and the crew, okay? Miss uh, Christina. Miss Christina. He's on the cover of Pop Wax. Right? So yes, not, yes, well, it, it is. He died shortly after Right. What well, so did she got? nineteen seventy, something like that. Um when the album came out, the Mothers of Invention did a short promotion tour. And um, that's where he met Adelaide Gale Sloping. Now he galed his wife for the rest of his life that he you know he said he fell in love with her in like ten minutes. Okay. Wow. Uh, I think he tossed out the other chick and brought her in in nineteen sixty-seven. And uh, they would remain together for the rest of Frank's life. Well, uh, the lady
2: you reference is—is—I is, mean, she was known as Susie Cream Cheese. That's right.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, I yeah, got that. Susan. Little Cream jazz. Susie yes. Cream Cheese. So they had a thing. Yes. Right. They were living together, and then, but he meets Gail and he gives her food. Right. Yeah. Because he wanted to
2: eat. I've read that he said when he saw Gail, like you said, he, he fell head over heels. So he yeah. said. He knew he wanted to have children with this family. Yeah. And he had four
1: kids. It did. Yeah. yeah. They had a budget. Yeah. Yeah. Now Tom Wilson in nineteen sixty-seven would be used kind of nominally as producer for the second album. Uh, it was called Absolutely Free. And in reality, Frank was doing a lot of the producing at that point. Okay, that was another takeover that Frank kind of did. Uh, the album was recorded starting in November of 66. And was later mixed in New York City, as the band began a successful run at the Garrick Theater on Bleeker Street. Uh, Absolutely free is a, a satirical album. Okay, Very nice, at the, be- the beginning of that, most of his uh, albums are. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Zappa said that they satirize everything. You know, uh, tracks like Plastic, Plastic People. Uh, brown shoes don't make it. They all, they all contain lyrics making fun of American society. Vegetable, and, yeah, uh-huh. and, and, and he made fun of hippies as well. He, okay. The food, the whole count, oh, the yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. whole counterculture. Counter
2: yes, of yeah. He always said I well, thought later, and he said, he said, um, oh, every vegetable. <laughs> yeah, it's a great tune. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's, an eight, seven, eight. it's a great tune. Yeah, but he always said, he said. He says he looked at the hippie generation from afar. Yeah. He goes, I liked what they were doing, what they were trying to do, but I didn't respect them. Because a lot of them were phony.
1: Exactly. You know, he a lot of them so were rich, a lot of them were rich kids just rebelling he against their family. He the peace school? Wow. I mean, yeah. If you've ever heard that song, He just rips them. Yeah. Oh off. yeah. And he's like, oh, I like my hair now. He's
2: like, yeah. more of Oh, color. my hair looks, my hair looks bad.
1: good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. At the time, Zappa was working on a side project, and uh, it was a, an album of orchestral works, kind of in the vein of John Cage, yes. who was very popular at the time. Uh, and it's called Lumpy Gravy. Mm-hmm. Now Lumpy it was Grady. recorded by Capitol Records. He actually went over to Capitol, mm-hmm. yep. uh, and that became a problem because contractually, he, he was he was he yeah. was with MGM. Okay, yeah. so the album came out on Capitol. But then a, a lawsuit ensued. Uh, MGM sued Capital. They pulled it from the stores. All right. Wow. Uh, but it would get settled like a year later, and it would actually come out on birth. Yes. Wow. Even though they recorded it. I, I don't have that one, but I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it. It's it's the beginning of his orchestral works. You yes. know, He was really a lot of instrumental and, and stuff like that. Uh, in late '66 while working on Absolutely Free. The Mothers of Invention were offered a contract at the Garrick Theatre, and that was in the West Village on Leaper Street. They would play there for most of 67, and they would also do a, a quick European tour during that time. And These were just known as like the most off-the-wall, unique performances ever right. at that point. There was nothing like this band that existed. Uh, many sections of the show... Well, just straight up improvis- improvisation. Dada. Okay. Dada. 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 Dadaist. Okay. The giraffe. Uh, right. Yeah, The giraffe. Right. Um, audience participation happened a lot. Okay. He would bring people up on stage. And one night, uh, he brought several Marines who were actually in oh, uniform no. yep. up on stage. And they brought out a large baby doll. That this is during the Vietnam oh, right. War. A large God. baby doll. And Zappa told them to pretend it was a gook baby and yeah. rip it apart. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> and but Zappa
2: said, he said, but when we were done with this piece, he says, I looked out, he said there was a black cat who just returned from Vietnam. Right.
1: Did he hurt his feelings, feelings? or the I, or- I I guess maybe he triggered something in this in this gentleman. Tough times, man. That was yeah, a lot of guys were ruined by that.
2: Well, you know. Zappa's
1: brother
2: Todd he was a Marine yeah okay. yeah maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what he
1: maybe that's what was he the yeah 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 now the mothers of invention were quickly being known at this point as like avant-garde anti-establishment yeah. well uh Zappa had devised on stage when he would play a system of like um, you know, hand signals and things like that. It was incredible. Um, what he also did was he had a system of sampling music. Yes. All right? And uh, he had radio tape recordings that would, you know, you'd hear it during the show, a sound effect of some kind. Um, he also incorporated his own philosophical and political ideas into all the music. Now, a Mother's Up Invention show was considered by many as the height of freedom of expression. Many people said that. Uh, and that was what Zappa was actually trying to do. And again, getting back, I said it before, is, is, is he really was a champion of that. The people that were trying Three to express themselves through speech, freedom of, of expression, that was what Zappa was about. Because the music was all over the place. Oh, yes. You know? The music was all over the And it would, only, it would only get even more out there as he got older. Uh, during the New York City series of shows that he did at the Garrick. Uh, they began working on a third album, which was considered by Zappa's, Zappa fans to be the best from his like 1960s time. Uh, it's called We're Only in It for the Money. Zappa got production credit, with Tom Wilson getting an executive producer credit. Wow! Yep. But the album is a total satire on hippies uh, and flower power, and you know, and that was like when it was at its peak. So he was like shitting on it when we were like the most popular. Uh, the album cover is a spoof on Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you know about that,
2: man? Yeah, tell us. He called Paul McCartney and said, look, I would like to to you. Know. And Paul McCartney said to him, he says, well, you have to talk to my man. And Frank said, but, but you're the artist. You created this. You have control. He's like, no, no. Yes. EMI back in those days, which was Abbey Road. Yeah, they, When they owned an artist, they owned an artist. Yeah, Lock, Stock, and Meryl. So Frank was just like, Okay, let's come to a the compromise. Yeah. They said that EMI got back to they said you can do it, but you have to put it on the inside. Like you can't have that it can't the cover. Pump, that can't be a cover. But it you the inside. No the cover if if you look at the album the cover is in the game. band members. Is it a gateful that opens the Lopez Yes, Lopez? yeah, yeah. And when you open the record, that picture where it says the mothers and it was with, the, with the drum and everything, yeah. like it's that Lopez was on Lopez. the inside. But the cover of the album is just the band members dressed in drag. Yeah, they that's, still right. In <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, they wouldn't
1: let them spoof it on the album. Right. And had do it, it on, the, on, the, on the inside. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. It's always been released that way because I can remember seeing it like that's the cover. Well, maybe in re-releases. Yeah, re-releases. I'm yeah. sure he's got the clearance
2: now. But yeah. originally he couldn't get it. No. Yeah. And you know, Freakout was the first double fold-out album with lyrics ever.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we actually, actually, did, uh, Bob Dylan did it too. Oh, did? Bob Dylan did it around the same time. Okay. Uh, but he did "Freak Out" the second, the okay. second double album ever released. like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's and it's a debut album if you think about it. Yeah. Like, he has got the do you know, yeah. a double album. <laughs> Four-sided album. Yeah. You know. So um, there was also uh one, one thing they used on that album is the tape loops that were very. You know stuff that 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 the Beatles have worked on on Revolver, uh, like on Tomorrow Never Knows, like those tape loop sounds. Stuff that he brought that all over that album. Okay, um, Zappa's new acquaintance at the time was a person named Cal shinkle who we met in New York, uh, and you know Cal would do the artwork on that, and he would do the artwork on a bunch of other albums going forward. They were many friends for a long time. Uh, the album is about as offbeat as you can get at that time. Uh, it's almost funny with tracks like Who Needs the Peace Corps, like you mentioned, and What's the Ugliest Part of Your Body? The Brain. The Brain. The brain. The brain. Absolutely free and, and, and Flower Punk are standouts. Great song. Uh, as much as We're Only in It for the Money, was, it was it was an eclectic approach to an album. The next one would be totally different role for yeah. me, okay? it's called 1960 it was released in 1968 it's called cruising with reuben and the jets and <laughs> this is, and this is one of my favorite zappa albums okay, okay. that i've liked for years yeah. okay uh, but no one knew what to make of this album because it's all dua but it's dua filtered through like you know his sense of humor uh, all right I mean, it, okay. it says on the album
2: yeah. cover yeah. it says is this the Mother's of invention's last Pitch to get their crummy music on the radio. It Actually says that. On <laughs> yeah, the and it
1: actually did get on the radio. Yeah. Okay, uh, whereas the other stuff, radio didn't touch. Uh, most people couldn't figure it out. Is this like a serious doo-wop album, yeah. or is it like making fun of doo No one. Knew, no. No, I... no one knew what it was. But Zappa, Zappa brings a good point. Let me let me have uh, work on my lumpy gravy here for a <laughs> second. <laughs> it's it's my, a my, grab- my lumpy He's my Second vodka soda. By the time I'm done with this, I'm gonna be lumpy gravy. Oh, uh, you'll be lumpy gravy. The way to make drinks. Yep, yep, yeah. This is like, this is this much vodka and that much soda. Molly was good. Molly very good. Uh, he explained it well when when he was asked about the album. Uh, he says uh, it was conceived in the way that Stravinsky compositions would take classical music and pervert it. <laughs> all right so why not do that to doo-wop makes sense right okay. to one of his favorites. yeah and the yeah. album like i said it would get some radio airplay uh due to the doo sound of it it was actually you know played a little yeah. bit but during this very prolific time in in his music uh zapple was developing the business side of his career as well he started something called uh, bizarre records and straight records yeah. and he started that with manager herb cohen he was gonna sign bands and yeah. Yeah, this stuff, all these stuff on those labels. Yeah. Uh Warner Brothers would be distributing the albums. And uh he signed right away Alice Cooper. Okay. Uh he signed Captain B All right. B would, would would make Trout Mask Replica. Great album. On, I, I, believe, I believe I believe it was on the on the straight, on the straight record, yeah. it, it, so. it was on the straight. Okay, uh, and Frank produced that. Go back to our Captain Beefheart episode. We go into all that a lot. The Captain Beefheart. That was that was a great. That was a great show. Uh, he also produced Lenny Bruce's last comedy album on Zapper's label uh, before he passed away in 1967 and 1968. Zappa appeared on two episodes of The monkeys. Yes, and one episode had him dressed like Mike Nesmith. And he interviews mike Nesmith, who's dre- dressed like frank Zappa. yeah uh, okay <laughs> yeah I yeah that. at the end of it he smashes a car with a sledgehammer all right and uh, at the end of the interview and he also uh was in the movie uh the monkeys movie called head right? yes yeah. and he walks with a cow yeah okay? it's, it's, and he's like it's leading so a hot. cow yeah and he tells davy jones that the youth of america depends on you so you got to show them the way. It's a, it's, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. Let me tell you something. The monkeys movie Head, I first saw it, like, maybe about 30 years ago, early 90s, and I didn't know what the... Fuck. You stoned? Yes. I was okay. stoned. I was, I was living in pre-Hipster Williamsburg, which was very similar to Zapp's uh, Chicano neighborhood at that point. Okay. And wasted watching that, watching that, and going, like, you know, they're writing psychedelics with the porpoise song yes. and stuff like that. You know, I love it. I love that movie. Okay. The movie had The movie head. And that was all the show that the monkeys would write their own shit. You
0: know what so the funny it. thing about that movie? I was told it's a goof on the Beatles movie. How? Oh, which movie? The Beatles? Beatles movie? Right. How? Oh. oh. I always told it's a goof on the Beatles movie. It, it the is. It is. It, it, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it is. Kind of.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean. I think I think what had happened is Mickey Dolenz and, and davy Jones were always criticized for not writing their own shit, and but the truth is that the monkeys were pretty fucking talented. Yeah, they could play great. All right, they didn't write that you know, "Daydream Believer" and all that. They're fucking real tiny that. Yeah. Okay, but but
3: it's still good. They, they were still good, and they wrote.
1: I mean, they wrote that whole score for that movie. head anyway, I, I have to see ask. that. I have to see that. again spend They spend time.
0: became good the writers. At the they movie, did.
1: You know, they did. Should we do a show on the monkeys? We've we flirted we with that idea a couple of times. On the monkey, yeah, yeah. Why not? Well, now Zappa actually loved the monkeys, all right, and enjoyed what they were doing. He even asked Mickey Dolenz to join the Monkees of Adventures. Wow! And, and what happened was Dolenz considered it, great, but he couldn't get out of his contract with Columbia at the time. All right. So in late '68, the band went on its second European tour, and uh, the first, like I said, was during that New York stay in '67. This time they actually went on German TV. They played France, they played England, they played Denmark, and then when they came back to Los Angeles, Zappa and his wife moved into a house in Laurel Canyon briefly, but then would move again to what would be his permanent residence on Woodrow Wilson Drive in Laurel Canyon, and he'd lived there for the rest of his life. The Lockout. Wow. Yes. Yes. It was a lock. I don't know. Was it totally a log cabin or partially a log uh, cabin? Part of it was. Yeah. yeah. You know who bought it? The family's not there anymore. No. Who? Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga bought Frank Zappa's house? house. Hey guys, That's I, the I, only I did, I fucking
0: thing. So I the, the whole movie had yeah. It's on YouTube
1: for free. Really? Yeah, I just found it. I'm I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to pop an edible. It's about an hour and 25 minutes.
2: Yeah, it's like an hour and a half. It's not long. It's not long. Anybody have any LSD 25? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Mushrooms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we can become the man that stays on goats. That's right.
1: (laughs) We haven't talked about that in a while. In, in, In late 68, the band went on its second European tour, which I didn't want to when he said that. Uh, now, the Mothers of Invention were not doing well financially at this right. point, okay? And despite they had a, some some popularity in Europe, uh, American fans were just not getting it. I mean, they they had their they hardcore fans. See, they, they did yeah. Yeah. following.
2: They were mad at Frank because he was getting a lot of producers. time. yes. But you, you know, know, he was Jefferson a great producer. Player wanted him to produce Crown of Creation, which came out in 68, he produced two songs that were never put oh, on the album. On oh, the,
1: on the, on the re-release. That, now, do you, do you think, like, okay, that was the album where David Crosby gave them the song about the threesome. Right. Uh, the, I can't remember the name
2: of it. but, but there's, a, there's a song on there yeah. on the re-release of Crown of Creation that they yeah. It, yeah. It produced. The <laughs> it, didn't make the album, it was album. called Would You Like a Snack? And it was about a guy going down on a champion during that time.
1: I could picture I could picture Grace like, that. <laughs> And Grace I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I'll do it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? Now it, you know the problem too with, with the with the multiple invention is the live shows were very different. Than an actual studio composition, right? He kind of he kind of had like his studio versions of songs that everybody would listen to at home on the records. Yeah. And then when you go see them, they sound totally different. They had different, reg- different reg- arrangements. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You might do like a reggae version of a fucking yeah. song. And, like, okay, and, and, and that used that used to, that used to confuse a lot of people. Okay. So Zappa felt that what he called is uh electrical chamber music yes. <laughs> was not appreciated okay um so some changes had to be made and in 69 uh there were actually nine members in the band. That's a nine. That's zappa a it, was band, a big, band. it was a big it was a big band. Zappa supported them individually yeah. okay even when they weren't one. Yeah. He, hey, he was yeah. banned. Okay. Uh and they depended on him for that. Um but he was he, making money. He was making money. Well, what what he what he did was he had his publishing rights from uh, from some of the some film scores he did and uh, things yeah, like sure, that, yeah. and he would pay them with that.
2: Yeah. Okay,
1: uh, MGM verb were becoming a problem too. Okay, they were becoming very intrusive yeah. in in his creative process, and he didn't like that. Uh, Frank ended up leaving MGM that year for Warner Brothers. Uh, the Warner Brothers subsidiary Reprise Records. Yeah, it started by Frank Sinatra. And that was yeah, Frank he, label. he
0: broke up with his band.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the well, Mothers of Not not quite yet, it's coming. But Mothers of Invention, the Zappa albums, um, would then kind of pair the, they would be under the Bizarre label yeah, it's okay, and, right. and, and released by Reprise okay, right. for a short time. Okay, That's where you can get paid. Now, can you picture like Sinatra being like, "Would we sign?" Frank Zappa, oh that guy,
2: yeah, oh, I I, yeah, I saw him at the whiskey back Coo- in sixty, cool, baby.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a great song.
1: Yeah, and I had, you know, and you know that, you know that Zappa likes Sinatra. Oh yeah, he likes Sinatra. He did. Now, unfortunately, by sixty-nine, Zappa would break up the band, and it was really over financial issues that it came to a head like that but he also felt that some of the members weren't putting in 100 percent yeah all right. uh the rest of the band kind of accused him of being a tyrant which he, was. Right. Well, he was. was he was and i he was going to so say he
2: still he i think he had ocd he of some sort but he was, was still paying
1: I, 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 like, I, 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 and he was paying it, but but now that he just got up built it yeah well the thing was
2: too he didn't do drugs,
1: so, so he they, didn't want anybody else in the band. Yeah, doing drugs.
2: And they were all at least smoking weed and yeah, like, you know, they had to look out if they yeah. wanted to smoke a joint because Frank would be like-
1: they they didn't He didn't want his head. money going yeah. to that or you whatever.
0: Know, you know what's the other thing that was, um, he worked with another guy that was a professional, like beef part, was a fucking professional
1: too. Uh, That's you know, why they like, don't- that's why, that, that, that's why they only briefly collaborate. Yeah, yeah. So they, drove each other they probably drove each other crazy. Yeah, because um, you got
0: two guys going, oh, this is what, nah, this
1: is what. I but one one thing, thing that Frank used to do, and for whatever reason, yeah. he would never yeah. stay yeah. in the same yeah. hotel as the band. Okay, and when you do that, yeah. it kind of starts to look like, oh, what are you above me? No, well, you no know, he was yeah. he wanted the band groupies, but, but he didn't want anybody to know. Yeah, he was doing his own thing. Yeah, yeah. he was a very private guy. He he okay banging three at a time. You are getting coffee animals. this shit. just know what I mean? he's a mug shark. He's shark. Shark. He a dra- He drank 50 cups of coffee a day. He, yeah. drinks out. he should have never have died of cancer them. again. Coffee
0: it's can supposed
1: to not give you the coffee. And, 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 and one and Winston, one wins. after another. Right, right. Winston's. God, God. I remember Winston's on the dashboard of my father's oh, yeah. car. Yeah. Either that or, or Vice Royce. Yeah. Whatever. What okay. Okay. After dating myself here. Um, now, the material recorded during this period would come out in 1970. Uh, two albums, one called Weasels Rip My Flesh, and another album, with probably one of the best names ever, Burnt Weenie Sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: you got,
0: what, we got a fun fact. Okay,
2: why did you call it that? Because yeah. that's my favorite sandwich. He goes, I live in a house with a lot of people. Yeah. So. All I can get is a hot dog, throw it in a frying and burn it and eat it in a <laughs> sandwich real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I like a weird one. Like that, did You know? <laughs> hey. yeah. after, did I just, wait, did I just come out? Okay. Hey. After the, the, the ban was over, Zappa released his critically acclaimed solo album called Hot Rags. Now, it's mostly an instrumental album. It featured the classic Peaches and Regalia. Uh, it was an album of free jazz, blues, and long guitar jabs. Now, a variety of musicians played on it. A lot of people love this album and say it's their favorite. Uh, who you had was uh, violinist Don Sugarcane Harris and Shugi Otis, who wrote the original Strawberry Leather Twenty Three, okay, <laughs> which is true. on the two hundred and ten. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and you also had a uh, Mothers of Invention member Ian Underwood in the band. Yes. Um, who would play drums in a variety of other like. He was multi cal- right? Yeah, he could play the clarinet. Yeah. Other wind wind yeah. instruments. Uh, the only track on that album with lyrics, because it's all instrumental except one song, is a great track called Willie the Pimp. And it was the vocals were done by the one and only Captain Beefheart, Uh the album bomb in America. But it was a big hit in England when top twenty. They loved, they they loved them. them in England. They're more mental England. They like I, you know, sick. it's 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 oh, always yeah. like that.
0: Things that fail here go over there, you'll become a little of a little bit
2: of his shows in, He yeah, uh, now, Milan, well, even too, but that, that's. Well, that's later, but still, it was huge. Even the soccer, even earlier. The soccer field
1: in Milan, Italy, it was uh,
2: He also did some. 50, this, 000, the Bundles
1: of Adventure uh, did some festivals where they played, I think, in front of like almost a half a million people. Um, right? There's so, that
2: later on? No, there's some, there's some footage on YouTube of them playing in Montreal, Switzerland. Zappa put on the flat green, uh, and they're playing like on it and, like, they've
1: yeah. around, and, and they like, see what Do happened to him with the Royal Opera Bowl? They canceled it, We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Yeah, we're going to get into that whole thing, because that was, that was a mess. Uh, in 70, Zappa met classical conductor Zubin Mehta. Uh, the two of them organized uh, a plan to have the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra that Mehta worked for play with a rock band, which was going to be Zappa. Yep. Okay. Uh, it was going to be in May of that year. The music that Zappa had written for this was done in motel rooms, Okay. Uh, which is where you get the the movie 200 Motels. Right. Yeah, it's okay. They had figured them. that in their, the months of invention with all their touring, that they had actually been in 200 Motels, which is how they came up with it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the concert itself, Zappa felt was kind of subpar this orchestral thing okay uh he would he would do concerts with orchestras several more times in his career but he always complained that the orchestras didn't perform well enough okay Okay. for some reason he just was never satisfied with it but it was very popular uh you had this like you know popular classical conductor zubin at the los angeles philharmonic doing songs, And, and, and they were all into it okay so later uh in 70 Zappa reformed the mothers of invention now usually he just called the band from the mothers from now to that point on yeah. The of, yeah. of invention when dropped off yeah. so, but uh this new lineup it included british drummer ainsley dunbar jazz keyboardist george duke okay ian underwood was back jeff simmons on bass and rhythm guitar uh and three members of the rock band the turtles yeah, you had uh, uh, bass player Jim Pone and singers Mark Bowman and Howard Campbell. Flo the Phosphorescent leech. The Phosphorescent Leach <laughs> shorted down to Flow and Eddie. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, that was because they had contractual problems. They couldn't they even change The Turtles, and, and you know what's funny, the Turtles were like the biggest pop band yeah, they yeah, in the world was. at that point. And two of them, you know, the, the main vocalists, were now joining yes. fucking Zappers. Yeah. All right, and they couldn't use the name so they made it flow and eddy. Mm-hmm. this version of the mothers dis- uh, debuted on uh frank Zappa solo album called chunga's revenge okay. and i had yeah. never heard this album oh, awesome. until i started doing the research on this show i yeah, think it's fucking awesome. your boogie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 knew, I knew that i didn't know any of the other songs that was the only one i know okay and it's an eclectic Mix of songs like everything he does, yeah. but uh, it was different than Hot Rats, the previous solo album, which was mostly free jazz or just guitar jams. Uh, here you had some poppyish songs on yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, like uh, "Tell Me You Love Me." Okay, was one, yep. and uh, "Would You Go All the Way?" <laughs> <laughs> I've asked that many times. Yeah. Uh, some tracks, like the title track Chunker's Revenge," were totally improvised. They were just wow. improvisations. Oh, yeah, through and through. Um, and it was also a percussion-only track called The Clap, <laughs> the Clap which was the, the prelude to Does It Hurt When You Pee? <laughs> <laughs> I got it from the toilet seat. Yep, yep, <laughs>
2: that's <laughs> that's the
1: uh, now, uh, Zappa's next project was a big one, okay, okay. it was the uh, film 200,000. Uh, it was meant to be a, a surrealistic kind of documentary, but uh, it was about, about a, a rock band life on the road, basically. Yeah, and it's, it, yeah, uh, kind of like pre pre Tap, Right, right, right. It's mostly trippy. as hell, Okay, yeah. and it's all unconnected. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But one thing, stars, one, one thing they did was they they actually shot it on videotape. Yeah. The first movie to ever be shot on video and transmitted to thirty-five millimeters. A lot of them shot in Right. Or when they, were studio the they but I think uh, they were on tour or something too. Yeah. They were doing it while they were in the middle of that. It is a um, there's a lot of like double and triple exposures of the film which gives it a trippy kind of look. Um, there's a lot of sound effects and funny noises. The score relied on an extensive amount of orchestral music. People didn't know what to make of that. Yeah. All right. And Zappa was having issues With the classical musical world at that point, especially when a Royal Albert Hall concert was canceled because a representative of the venue thought that some of Zappa's music was offensive, and they canceled. You know, they were recording for the movie, and you know, the the conductor was like, "We're not doing this. It's offensive." Okay. Have you seen (laughs) the game? Yeah. And and and, you know, he would actually sue the Royal Albert Hall for canceling, but he would lose that in, 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 in court. Um uh, Ringo Starr and Keith Moon and the famous actor Theodore the are in that movie. Okay. I mean anything with Keith Moon in it, you gotta fucking watch yeah. it. Right? You know. Uh people didn't know what to make of it at the time, but it's since become a cult classic. I saw it one time at the h Street Kid years ago. Now yeah, I, remember that I skipped
3: it
0: on
1: time. Yeah, so. how are we? Well, up, listen, yeah, we gotta lie after 200 motels, Zappa and the mothers went on tour uh, releasing two live albums just uh, what was called live at the Fillmore East in June of 71 and just another band from LA which featured the 20-minute rock opus that satirizes a rock opera called building right. wow. this song was theatrically done there would be things on stage going on yes and uh, they would also talk about like sexual situations the band members got into wow yeah it was a yeah, very, oh, yeah. crazy fucking song now in december 4th 1971 Zappa would offer uh he would he would go through like his first of a couple of setbacks while performing in in, in switzerland at the casino de Right. Yeah. Uh, the band's equipment was destroyed when a flare was set off by an audience member starting oh, a yeah. fire and burned the casino down yeah okay. Now that event is actually immortalized forever with the song "Smoke on the Water," yep. because they talk about seeing the uh, flag Got yep, it. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Exactly. In the lyrics, <laughs> and the reason that is is because Deep Purple, with the "Smoke on the Water," yeah. was supposed to record in that studio the next day, yeah. and then you know the Zappa show was going to be the end of the season oh, for the casino yeah. and it was yeah. going to close, yeah. but yeah. they had a fire and then they couldn't record what they needed to record. Yeah. Um, the band lost $50,000 worth of equipment, yeah, which in those days was a lot of money, man. They next $300,000. Easily. Uh, now, the next gig they had lined up was at the Rainbow Theater in Okay, yeah, in London. Uh, they had to rent all their gear, but this was another big setback right here. During the encore of the gig at the Rainbow, uh, an audience member who was jealous, it was a guy, he was jealous of his girlfriend's infatuation with Frank Zappa, got on stage and shoved Zappa into the orchestra pit, which was a huge drop off the stage, OK? And it was a concrete pit, all right? So the band thought he was dead, all right, when they looked at him because he was out when he, when he fell. But oh he, he suffered, this is in the middle of the show, he suffered fractures all yeah. over his yeah. body, he had head trauma, He had uh, injuries to both his legs, his neck, and he had a crushed Larnix. Now, when it healed, his Larnix healed, his voice had changed. It got down like a couple of octaves. Um, Zappa had to take a year and a half off. He was in a wheelchair. Yeah, he was in a wheelchair for part of the time. Uh, He would return to the stage again in September of 72, uh, but he was wearing a leg brace, and the way his legs healed is like, one leg ended up being shorter than the other. Yes. So it's he kind of had he kind of had a limp for the rest of his life. He he, he made yeah. one of his greatest jazz albums during that period. Right, right, but right, and that's what's amazing is he didn't stop recording during yeah. that time. He just couldn't talk. Okay. Uh, what happened was he had a uh, lyrics later on the song "Zombie Wolf" and "Dancing Fool" like he mentioned his, his yeah. leg being messed up. But the fall had given him. Uh, to limb and chronic back pain that he would consistently have to live with. But during that time, uh, the mothers of invention band would kind of be done. Okay. Yeah, because then you know, Flo and Eddie had to like break off on their own to continue getting paid. So they went off and they did their own thing. Right. During his recovery in 71 and 72, he released two jazz records, okay? Uh, one called Waka Joaca. Great album. right? And then one called The Great Wazoo. Brand brand I'm sorry, brand 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 was, brand my new. mistake, my mistake. You know, the, the lyrics, the, the words are getting uh, a, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little blurry here. <laughs> <laughs> my lumpy gravy chicken. Is, <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> is kicking in. My lumpy gravy drink is kicking in. They're similar to hot raps in a way, okay? Uh, Yeah, put it on my tab. Yeah, give me another. A a yeah. What was it? What was it? Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm good right now. Um, when he returned to live performances again in September, he had a 20-piece band yep. at that point, a big band called The Grand Wazoo, yep. like the album. Now, later on, he would bring a scaled-down version of this called The Petit Wazoo yes. for a, a U.S. tour from October to the end of December of 72. Yep. Petit Wazoo what what was 20. It was only, 20. was only 10. It <laughs> was only 10. The Grand was 20. By 73, bizarre and straight records were discontinued, uh zapper and manager herb cohen started discreet records at that point which distributed which again distributed by warner brothers but through that year he had formed and toured with smaller groups often using the Mothers title again yes okay so he had different versions of the yeah. Mothers still going on but a new album called overnight sensation one of my favorites was recorded through march and june of that year released in september Overnight Sensation included the live show favorite Dynamo Hum" and Montana. On the tracks In the Slime, Dirty Love, Zombie Wolf, Dynamo Hum," and, and Montana, Zappa wanted to use backup singers. So what he did was he contacted Ike and Tina Turner about using Tina and the cats, Yes, okay, which is great. And uh, they showed up and, and um, Ike had been dick that he is okay yeah. was told them don't pay the i more than 25 hours for this right yeah so he said he was like what you know so, so he said "Fuck that and when it turned out they yeah. ended up getting paid 25 hours an hour yeah. instead of 25 hours do you know <laughs> the, the other part of that story well okay. i'm getting to it okay okay, okay. now frankly, you know paid 25 an hour but tina turner brought ike in to see the progress of what was going on the parts that from Montana and, and Dynamo Home were a little difficult for the ICANTS and it took them a couple of days to learn it. But when they got it down, she brought Ike into the recording studio. And he looked at everything he's like, what is this shit? He, 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 he a book, yeah. okay? And he left the studio, alright? And it turned out that uh, he didn't even want the ICANTS to get a credit written yeah. on the album. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think they do, though.
2: They I think they yeah. do. Yeah. Well what you going to thing was, though, there's a photo of Frank handing Tina the check for that session in the IK. And Ike lets them take the picture, Yeah. And see, he, he yanks it, puts it, and leaves. It. Wow. And he probably blew it on yeah. coke. Probably. probably. Yeah, he yeah.
1: such a class act. Yeah, you know, he was such a dick. He was, uh, he that's he was what a I meant. dick. Yeah, I mean, a, a musical genius, but to a dick,
0: you know. You know, he uh, beat I, Tina to death, right? Probably Black dead dead. Dead. He he died first. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: beat her to
0: death. Yeah, he died uh, first. No, no, no. <laughs> so that, was, that was a good <laughs> one. that was a good one, Rob.
1: Uh, who'd you steal that from? Oh. Uh, it, it was a
0: headline in the New York Post. It say, I beat Tina to death.
2: Yeah, he died first. <laughs> he died
0: first. <laughs> you don't <ever> remember that, <laughs> oh, I
2: remember that
1: one? No.
0: It's almost uh, like the one that okay. it
1: was, oh, They had a great break for the guest table. We're gonna keep going. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're no, at no, time. No, no,
0: no. The the post had another Sorry, great uh, Hillary no. Finger no. intern.
1: You remember that? Yes, so that I remember. That, that so I remember. That, so
0: that I remember. the posts always come with great headlines.
1: <laughs> okay, so getting back to this, um, uh, the thing about overnight sensation that's interesting uh, is that uh, it would be. Uh, Frank at that same time would be recording his biggest American hit album called Apostrophe. He was doing it as a, that's that's one a one side ride. Uh, that was released in March of 74 as a Frank Zappa solo album. Yeah, the yeah. album is strong on Zappa's humor and bizarre lyrical things as usual. Uh, it had the song Don't Eat the Yellow Snow, yeah, which everybody loves. Yeah. That got to number 86 you on would, the Billboard charts, has, which was his yeah. we,
0: we have a love affair like with um, <laughs> Ian Underwood with him, right? Well,
1: yeah, yeah. Underwood
0: played with him for a long. He was a great. Like that's why he just followed his direction. All because
1: he, you hear the history, like, he could things? he could play he could play his compositions. Not everybody could. Yeah, so I you guess know, That's why Underwood was a very he's a very tasteful, very talented guy. I, was, I keep
0: looking at him, and he's like in every Zapper. He yeah. was even in uh, with Beef right? He, right. He, he yeah Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: But then at one point, he found, like, his
1: band when it was actually Frank Zappa and somebody else helped him. Well, you're talking so about the Bongo, the, Bongo yeah, the Bongo Fury. Yeah, yeah, we're, Fury. We're, 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 we're almost at that point. Yeah. Now, uh, the title track, Apostrophe, is uh is an instrumental track featuring extreme bass player and singer Jack Bruce. Yep. yep. Jim, Jim L- Gordon on drums. And Jim Gordon was that. on drums. Uh, but Jack, I don't think he understood Zappa too no. much. He brought him in. He asked him to come in and play, and, and he, he, he just told he told Bruce, he's like, make just this sound like wah, you know, and, and he did, and that was yeah. like, that was like his contribution to it, but he actually like on the album, it says like he wrote this and that, but he really, he really didn't. Uh, there's one cello part um, on a track that he wrote, but because a lot of people don't know Jack Bruce could actually play a cello, a lot of people didn't know that. Two more albums featuring the Mothers will be released at this time. Uh, the live album called Roxy and Elsewhere in 74, and One Size Fits All in 75. I had library of the Mothers, because even though there was, even were when, of- Even when it was all, yeah. he would call bands the Mothers sometimes when, you know, yeah. cause it wasn't. Yeah, I guess yeah. it was a way to... Just constantly release things. And yeah. these are all Not out. Out. Zappa Zappa on discrete records, yeah. right? this, is yeah. all,
0: this is all on discrete records, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: He just moved from label to label the way it looks. Well, discrete was his label. Yeah. OK, yeah. and he was being put out by Warner Brothers. But wasn't
0: Bizarre his label? Also, he he label?
1: ended that at this okay. point. Bizarre and Straight records. Bizarre and Straight. Two different Um. In 75, Zappa released Bongo Fury. You just mentioned that. Fury. Fury. And that would be the final mother's material that he would use. Uh, it's part live, part studio. It was recorded in various locations in 75. The album featured his old friend Captain Beefart uh, in his only tour as a member of the band. He sings and plays a on several tracks uh, one called Sam with the showing scalp flat top awesome. and Man with the woman head. Okay, uh, Terry Bozio would begin playing drums with him. Uh, and that would last until about 1978. Uh, you guys remember Terry Bozzio from Missing Persons, yep. the new wave band. He started that band with Dale Bozzio, his hustler, pin wife at that point. Uh, some legal troubles happened in 76, though. Uh, him and manager Herb Cohen parted ways, and uh, Cohen was accused of skimming off the top really? at the street records he was stealing, uh, as well as signing bands that didn't approve yeah. of um he, he, what happened was when, when when this lawsuit went down uh he sued cohen cohen sued him back it froze all the assets froze all the recordings he couldn't release anything everything was jammed up um he basically was prevented from releasing anything before but that he produced ring mm-hmm. funks album episode. yes yeah and we're going to talk about that next week when we do grand funk all right <laughs> okay yes zappa had begun work on uh, the rock-oriented oh. album Zoot Alerts. Yes, yeah, uh, it was his twenty-second album. Yeah. Okay, and he released it directly through Warner Brothers because he couldn't use right. the other label he tied yeah. up with, Discreet. Right. Now the album came out in October of '76. and was part live, part studio again. Some of the live tracks were as old as '72 and '73. Originally, uh, it was planned as a double album, but he had to kind of like pare it down yeah. to a single album uh one track on that called black napkins yes uh would become a fan favorite from that point so on so he
0: had an easy way of going so he took been so good but he had an easy Great. way of going from label yes. to label and recording in other places but most artists couldn't do that but it's, it's he, like, he, he was
1: very going. well he, he look. he was very smart he knew the business yeah. and he said okay if i if i can't release this on the street because i'm jammed up with legal trouble can we put this out on one of us
0: he made money for them. yeah, yeah he right.
1: Did. He, he didn't make a lot but it was a consistent amount yeah. coming in and, and, they, and if you make money for the label they'll bend over backwards yeah. yeah at least in those days yeah you know yeah well, um so it's different now now around this time in the mid 70s uh Zappa was preparing material for a project called yeah. leather yes. uh, it's yeah actually it's actually yeah. spelled l-a-t-h-e-r yeah. with, leather. The, with the little dots on top of the, a, the German Dots. Uh, it was supposed to be a four LP set of albums encompassing all his styles, everything from free jazz to uh, rock. Uh, but Warner Brothers pushed back on this. They said, We're not coming out with a quadruple album for you, all right, which is very expensive. So I had a disco too. Yeah, right. They didn't know how to market it. They didn't know how to market something like yeah. that. Um, Zappa, they refused to release it, all right. Zappa retaliated by signing an agreement with a small label called Phonogram, Inc. And some test pressings were made of the LPs. All right. Actually, what he did, he went on an L.A. radio station. I was going to talk about that. Oh, ahead, Why don't you jump on. back yeah. in? Him, All right. right. He, he, yeah. Let's he, say um, he, Rodney on the rock. Maybe it was Rodney on the rock. Rodney, he, he, I, don't know. I he, think it was He, before he screwed Warner Brothers really good with yeah. this one. Yeah. yeah. But, so yeah, he... he He ended up pressing the records on Phonogram. All right. Now, then they retaliated again with litigation to stop its release. Zappa was not going to be outdone. Okay. So he went on KROQ, which is a station in Los Angeles, uh, and allowed them to broadcast the whole leather album. Okay. And he was telling everybody to just tape it off the radio. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. And at at that point, Warner Brothers sued him directly, all right, and wouldn't release any Zappa material for over a year. Eventually, much of this material would come out, okay? Okay. Some of it without his permission, really. Okay, and uh, uh, for instance, Studio Tan, Sleep Dirt, orchestral favorites between 78 and 79 were all stuff that would have been on leather, right? Okay. Uh, in 1996, a few years after his death, the full leather album would be released as for Rifle Rikul. Right.
0: I'm going to take over for Ben and the Bar. I'll be back. So you guys continue. Once sure. everything's over, boom.
1: All right. You got, you got to start that. Yeah. All right. Are, are we? What time is
0: it? Uh,
1: 3 o'clock. Wow. We've been here since 1.30. <laughs> Long You're show. Long show. Long show. Yeah. I'll slide over a little bit, man. All right. Me and Dan are
0: gonna do the rest of the show here. Yeah, okay. we'll
1: come back. We'll come back. Any nachos? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, during this period in the late 70s, uh, with litigation between Warner Brothers, MGM, his manager Cohen, and Zappa, the only real income he had was from touring. Yep. So drummer Terry D- Bozio would become a regular. Original mothers of invention basis Roy Estrada rejoined up. And in December of 76, Frank uh, was asked to host Saturday Night Live. Once. Once. The, the one
2: yeah.
1: time. right? Well, he it's did it twice, a, right? No, once, he only did once. One time, right? He was banned after that. He was, he, was that. Yeah, yeah. That um, he basically performed the song I Am The Slime yep. with NBC announcer Don Pardo, yes. okay, announcing him. Uh, he also performed Peaches and Regalia, and he acted in a couple of sketches with John Mulvaney, uh, there was the samurai thing that he did. Right. Right? Now, why was he banned? From
2: what he just, they didn't like his, uh, when he came out to do the monologue, the opening thing. Yeah. He was just very serious. serious. Like, he wouldn't joke around. He didn't, in the sketches that did he-, he had, had, Did he have a script that he was following? He didn't like the script. Oh, so he He, he, did, his own thing. he did his own thing. And, you know, the people at NBC did Eversol, I think that was his name at the time. Yeah. He was like, that's it, you know. And there's actually a show called SNL. And um people who were banned, and it's yeah. like number five. Wow.
1: that so, That that would that would actually stand I mean, for the rest of his life, right? The song is about TV,
2: yeah, and it's
1: negative effects. Negative effects. I'm the slime
2: oozing from the TV, side. right? All the, Have all you the, all the crap. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I, I was listening to that the other day in preparation for this show, and it, it got to me. i listened to it, and I'm like, "This is about now." He was talking about TV, but I'm like, right. "This is this could be related to all the it crap that yes. we hear on the internet and everything." Now yes. it's even worse. I said, could you imagine if he was alive now?
2: He wouldn't stand it. He wouldn't stand this. He would be 80 years old this year. Yeah. I, I, I don't see him backing down. No, I know. He'd no. be like this bitter old man. Well, I
1: mean, what he said he was, was bitter, bitter when he was 35. But he knows. was like that, but 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 look, I mean he was he was a, a voice for freedom of expression, with something I don't mean to get off topic, we're gonna get back to the show, but 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 something that we're living with today where freedom of expression, get a little in a little bit more Yeah, freedom of expression okay it's something that you know is at risk right now okay guys like zappa in those days he had free reign he was controversial he got in trouble sometimes but he basically spoke his mind did the music he wanted to do i respect that politically incorrect i respect that too. today he would not fly no Uh, uh, i mean uh, uh, you know some of his lyrics there's no way you were going to get away with that today he would have made He, he had a he put, way. Of, he put it out himself. He, yeah, well, yeah exactly.
2: Yeah, um, he just had a way of looking at things outside the box. Like he didn't want to be anywhere near the box. He right. wanted to be outside. Hmm. You follow that? I'm gonna do my thing. And right. He did
1: right. You know. So Zappa, while in New York at that point, Cyanide uh, Live, he cut a live album called Zappa in New York, yep. which had material from Leather on it. Uh, it included uh, a bunch of complex instrumentals. Uh, some called The Black Page, uh, funny track called Titties and Beer. Gotta Titties love that. and Beer. Gotta, Titties love, and beer. Gotta, love, gotta love that. Uh, there was also a controversial track called The Illinois Enema Bandit.
2: Illinois
1: Enema Bandit! Which was about sex criminal Michael Kenyon. Now, critics brought a lot of issues to this. Okay? That's the one on stage at uh, uh, Don Porrow. Does the voiceover? yes. Right. he does the voiceover. All right. And, uh, you know, people have problems with the sexual references in it. But Zappa would respond by saying, what do you make of a society that is so primitive that it clings to the belief that certain words in its language are so powerful that they would corrupt you the moment you hear them? Uh, it's a great quote, all right? Yeah. I mean, you know. Sticks and stones, man. You know, like, it's like. Who was I saying that I did? Oh, well, that too. Yeah. But 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 sticks and stones, just words, just words. Exactly. They could corrupt you. Words only have power if you let. If them. you give them power. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. Now, this would be a belief that he would take to the censorship fight. Uh, he would have many years later with the PMRC. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Zappa ended the '70s, resolving some of his lawsuits su- successfully. He also released two of his most popular albums in 79 out of these album Shake Your Booty yep. and Joe's Garage. Now, Shake Your Booty was spelled Shake, S H E I K, like a G, and then Your Booty, Y E R B O N T I. He got one of his top 10 hits on it, Dancing, dancing Fool. Okay? Now, Shake Your Booty was the first release yep. at that, that time in that year, mm-hmm. uh, and it was on his newly formed label called Zappa Records. Yep. It was distributed by Phonogram, and it's made up mostly of kind of live material recorded in '77 and '78. It's, yeah. it's it's a mix. It's it's, mix. it's, it's mix. what he
2: called zinegram. It was taking a drum track with 73, a baseline, right. from '73, a line from '74,
1: and mastering it together in the studio. He was the master of that. Yeah, yeah. He you really wouldn't watch. even you would think it was all one set. Exactly. Okay, but it wasn't. It was different, different things, and it, that was intentional. Bob, um, yes. the album was actually fucking hilarious uh, it, it had it was satirical and everything else um, it also poked fun at disco Yep. okay it poked fun at Bob Dylan there's that one track where the guy is singing like Bob Dylan yep. okay and obviously shake your booty was a shot at Casey in the sunshine okay? I believe so okay. yes yeah. now uh, there's even a track called Jewish Princess which became a yes. problem. The Anti-Defamation League got on his case about this. But that so Griff didn't like it either. Yeah, yeah, and they actually demanded an apology from him, which he refused. He said no. Okay, he said no. And uh, he, when he was referring to Jewish princesses, he, he said, "Unlike that. the unicorn, such creatures do exist <laughs> and deserve to be commemorated with their <laughs> own special office." There you yeah. go. All right. So he basically said, "Sandblasted." He said, "Sandblasted." Yeah, Titanic Pits insane list of sits I mean, that was one more line, yeah, right? yeah. of lines. Yeah, yeah, fingernails and everything. Yeah, yeah. But it was the track Bobby Brown that we got to talk about. Yeah. All right, it goes so, down. Yep, yeah. Bobby Brown goes down. All right, and it was a it, it didn't do anything in the states, but it was a big hit in Europe, particularly in, in, in Scandinavia for some reason. Now the song, it's about a popular and, and he says cute yes. a boy named Bobby Brown. Who's kind of living the American dream? He's a popular kid. Uh, He meets, you know, he's popular and he's living the dream until he meets a lesbian named Freddie, okay, uh, who's involved with the women's liberation movement at the time. Uh, And he kind of, you know, befriends Freddie and starts to question his own sexuality. He decides to get a leisure suit. And he's gonna live his life as a homosexual, but but nobody's gonna know. And, and he can take
2: an hour on the tower. He can take
1: an hour on the Long and, as he and, got
2: a little golden shower. And what and what, and, and, and what did he
1: say about sitting on a spindle? Put a spindle up my butt till it makes me scream. I am the American Dream. Zappa Zappa was astonished that the song actually was a hit. In, in Scandinavia, particularly Norway, that he, he wanted to have an anthropologist go to the country and, <laughs> and study why it was actually such a big hit, okay? But late in 79, he would come out with, you know, I, I think it's probably his most commercial. Uh, you still occasionally will hear the title track on the radio, Joe's Garage, all right? Usually when you hear Zappa on the radio, it is Joe's Garage. Or dancing pool.
2: Or don't eat the yellow snow Dr. Demento would be no. oh, 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 All right, now, now, you, stuff, you now, you, now you're talking about something. Yeah.
1: Dr. Demento, I Love probably that. the first time I ever heard Frank Zappa had to be on Dr. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh same with the Ramones. Yeah. First time I ever heard the Ramones was teenage yeah. lobotomy yeah. on Doctor Demento. Demento. Really? Yes, like about it must have been about yeah. nine years old. I don't know how long now and I just found this out. <laughs> no. no, you didn't know it. Yeah. I used to, I, every, every weekend,
2: I, I I know, like Dr. Men, I listened to that shit religiously. Fish, I used to watch Uncle
1: Floyd <laughs> movie, too. There you go. He's 68.
2: Fish heads, fish heads,
0: <laughs> rolling, rolling fish
1: heads. <laughs> we're gonna <get> to <laughs> yeah, I know, but we're singing shit we don't have a license for. Down <laughs> <laughs> right. to many seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's Garage was a triple album, and it featured lead singer Ike Willis kind of doing these narrations oh. in between the songs. All right. Uh, It was a rock opera in a way. Yes. Uh, It it talked about the danger of different political systems. It was also kind of inspired by the Iranian Revolution in '79 at the time. Yes. Because they banned all music, Western music. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, And and it's kind of like, what's it like in a society like that? Uh, It's also about. A strange relationship that we Americans, not being a but right. some Americans, okay, have about sexuality and speaking about sex and things like that. They're kind of Puritan, but also perverted shit. He mentions it on. in the
0: song called Kursler. Right. I mean,
1: yeah, there you go. That pretty much says it. Uh, there was kind of a sequel to Jewish Princess called Catholic Girls, yeah. where he talks about, you know, Catholic girls in the basement of the rectory. What do they? What, what do they do? are learning
2: to Right,
1: right, right. And then you got uh, a yeah. famous Lucille messed oh, up my mind. Yep. <laughs> All right, that's a great one. The title track about playing rock music in the garage. Don't you boys know any nice music? I'm, I'm calling the police. I'm calling the police. Bob mom gets mad, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's another track on there that's gotta be mentioned called uh another album, I'm sorry, after that.
2: The uh watermelon
1: and Easter Hey.
2: Great song it's one of the greatest songs. Wait, right, that's an
1: album or a song? It's a song. It's a song But it's
2: on, right? it's on um I think it's on You Are What You Is.
1: You Are What You Is, you what you is Right. The Next Album You Is What right. You Am a yeah. and Ham. Exactly, Exactly.
2: The video for that was so So many
1: so many Zappa things for me kind of melt together. Yeah. You know, especially after all bumpy gravies. Bumpy. All right. In December 21st, 1979, Zappa's movie Baby Snakes came out in premiered in New York City. Uh, the promo for the movie featured the tagline, it's a movie about people who do stuff that is not normal. It, that sums up That's, like, that's that pretty much That sums up Zappa. The movie was two hours and four minutes of con- 40 minutes of constant footage. From New York shows from 77? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Nikki Spadafora. Nikki. Was yes. Was at the 77 Halloween show. No shit.
1: You told me. All right. All right. Well, Nikki, you voted for Frank Zappa to, for us to do Zappa, so that's for you, man. Yeah. Cool, cool, you cool. You saw him at the Palladium budget. <laughs> I don't remember him telling me, telling me that. He told you that. All right. Cool.
2: You might have high. I was high.
1: Because I was high. Because, because I was because high. I Da, da, da. We're getting, getting
2: sued from the record. Record.
1: We're just singing record. all kinds. Of yeah. Okay. Now, uh, the movie was like I said, two hours and forty minutes of concert footage from '77, around Halloween in New York, uh, particularly the Palladium. Yes. Uh, there's also some clay animation in the movie. Tom Pickford. Right. I did it. Uh, it didn't do well. No. Uh, but it did win a, a French award called the Premier Grand Prix. At the first international musical festival in Paris in 1981. In 1980, Zappa cut ties with Phonogram after the album, after the label refused to release the single "I Don't Want to Get Drafted." Yep. He had done some touring. He wanted to put yep. out a song, a single. Yep. They wouldn't put it out. Now, much of 1980 he spent on the road. Yes. And Zappa wanted to uh, release this single as a response to. The Carter administration demanded that everybody register for the draft. Selective so, service. Yeah. Selective service. Now, it wasn't a draft in particular. The draft had been over for about, I think, five years or so at right. like that point, five or six. Uh, but it was just to be registered in case you had to go. Now, this, I've got a question. I had to do this. I did it. Do you still have to do that? You're not going to be there. What, what, what? I actually did put it for the Selective Service. Was when you that? were 18? Yeah. Okay. Do you, you mind if out. I ask how many years ago that was? I'm just curious. So it's 2020, just you know, 16 years ago. Okay, so 16 so years ago, out, you were 18, 18. 18. 18 you had to do
2: that. Yeah. So they still do it. If you want a student alone, Still a
1: little student alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah to get a
2: government, yeah. I don't, I, don't know. Know, I don't know if kids
1: are still doing that. I know either. Hey, they're spending $200,000 on gender stuff. So whatever. I'm I'm sure they'll take everything they can get, so. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just curious if people even have to do that anymore. Um, he won that award in 81 in France. Right. And, uh, but he cut ties in 1980 with Phonogram because they wouldn't release that single. Um, he ended up putting it out on his own label record company called Barking Pumpkin Records. <laughs> which okay. which and he, was a pumpkin and a black cat. And a black, black cat. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you being the big zappa fan you have a cat i have zappa. a
2: black cat
1: named yes, zappa the yes,
2: yes. reason being zappa's favorite cats were black cats and they asked him why he said they're the underdogs everybody can have a white cat a, a tabby cat he goes but the black cats always so he says you know yeah so i named my cat i actually didn't my ex-wife, ex-wife named wife zappa. Zappa. but i was like yeah that's cool is yeah. she a zappa fan too so I gotta lose his I don't know it. if she still listens to it, but because it might give her bad memories, but whatever. But
1: yeah, well, there might be some good memories. We might have had some Zapp on some good moments. You never know. Um, I, tried. <laughs> I got a thing
2: it has been so long. <laughs> <I'm> not <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> let's not rub <reminisce>
1: That's <laughs> my ex Yeah, play. let's not rub it in. But at that point in '81, he uh, had an album ready called Town Rebellion. And it contained mostly live tracks from '79 and one studio track with material from the '1980 tour as well. Uh, the album was typical Zappa fanfare, but this album is known for guitarist Steve oh, Vai. Steve Vai's first appearance. Steve Vai from yeah. Long Island, Massachusetts, particularly, and has lived And he joined his touring band, Zappa's band, in 1980. He was 20 years old. 20. Yeah, we yeah, spoke about yeah, this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, in 81, uh, he saw the release of the double album called You All What You Is, and he recorded this in his uh, new studio, in his home, called the Utility Muffin Research Kitchen Studios, okay? And, you know, it was it was great. I mean, he could, uh, he could never leave his house. Right? He could stay in his house.
2: Well, he said what I read in, in the Real Frank Zappa book. He says... Um, Whenever I toured and I recorded live, he said, usually the only places that had great mixing boards were New York, L.A., and Europe. Yeah, He said, so I did well on a tour. He said, I recouped more than I lost. So he said, I, I built a studio in my basement. He did change a name, though, during the Iraq War. It was called
1: the Utility Muffin Dairy Factory. We dropped the bomb on, I think on the, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I got it. Okay. But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Now this album again, satirical, humorous. Okay, uh, it it hits targets on everything like religion, political hypocrisies, the media, uh, whatever was going on at the time. I'm sure, he's hitting all over. Is yeah, on that album. right, right. Now there was one track called "The Heavenly Bank Account," which which targeted TV evangelists, televangelists at the time. And if you remember the early 80s, I mean, you know, televangelists were kind of getting hyped up a little bit because, you know, Reagan kind of was into them. Swagger, like, you know, yeah. to she Baker. Started. okay. Uh, there was also a track called the I'm a Beautiful Guy, yep. which targeted, like, the idea of, like, you know, making a lot of money, striving to be wealthy. yep exactly, right. In 81, uh, he released three instrumental albums that originally were meant to be mail order only. okay what was called shut up and play your guitar what was called shut up and play your guitar some more and the last one was called the return of the son of shut up and play your guitar some yeah. <laughs> I have yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yes, all instrumental I don't think I've that, ever that, heard that
2: like some of his great, like. My were, were, they, were, they, were, they, were they like lesson things like
1: yeah. learning no it was
2: just it, a lot of it was European from, like, 78, Live shit. Live Yeah, a lot of it yeah. was live. It's
1: like There's one the song,
2: song on there. Yeah. It's called While You Are Out. Yeah. And it's six minutes long. And when I hear this song, literally, literally, literally. And, and I want to weep. It's so beautiful this song. Like, the yes. melodies in it, and it's yeah. playing. I've never yeah. heard of that. Then he has yeah. a song, the first song, on the first day, it's called five, 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 Five. It's in the time signature of five. That's hard. And it's just, like that's hard it's, man. it's 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 yeah. like it's like a, a fuck you to punk because that's a punk feeling. it does it's fast it's fast but how do it, you play in five five? Five, five five. it's that's hey dave Brubeck did it. Yeah. take five yeah i guess yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but um it it, 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 it it is that is like my again somebody i used to be involved with actually bought the whole set for me for Christmas and I, I, I didn't just look I hit it. And it was forty grand. <laughs> it, it, it was very expensive to get it. Going. It was. But um, uh, you're coming up to the, the
1: the eighty-two. Eighty-two. The Milan rides. You know about that? No. Well, let me let me let me okay. talk about this eighty-two so thing, and I, you can tell you can tell us all about it. In May of 82, Zappa released the album, Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch. Great type, okay? The album featured his biggest-selling single of all time, Valley Girl. He had his daughter, Moon Unit, okay? That was his first kid, right? Yes. Uh, Do the vocals on that. And it's all just like, you know... Valley girl language like, you know, gag me with a spoon and grody to the mouth. Okay. All that eighty shit that we you know we heard growing yeah, up coming much, out yeah. of the San Bernardino Valley. Yes. All right. Uh, and he won he, he got he got he didn't win a Grammy, but he got Grammy nominated for that. Okay. Uh and and you know, a lot of people know him. And that was a documentum, so that was yes. actually on yes. i Remember that. Now in eighty three, you want you wanna talk about what are you going to say? In '82, he, yeah. he did a, a tour
2: of Milan, Italy. Right. And this is the infamous, infamous Milan riots. Now, Zappa recorded everything. I heard of this, but they recorded. Okay, I don't know. The and yeah. in the line of notes of, of "You Can't Do This on Stage Anymore," number three, I think he says. So we go to Italy. We go to Milan to play in a venue. He says basically it was a park with a shitload of mosquitoes around it, with fences. He goes, if you listen in the background, you can hear the grenade launchers and tear gas launchers going on. They had a riot. Were they they fighting communists or something? What happened was, um, it was very hot, I think. The the park, that they called it a park, was right next to a lake, which was filled with mosquitoes. Wow. And they came on stage, and the people started, like, rioting. They were so happy to have somebody that informed that the police thought they were right. And literally I I have it a you can hear like shit going along in eyes So it's known as a gun. the infamous Milano Riot of eighty two. I have a bootleg. I shouldn't say that, but I have a bootleg for that show. I got so he does some of his best like uh he does uh, it's a good, if you can have a fun,
1: it's Milan 82 bootleg, it's great. It might be on YouTube, I'll look for it. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in a year later, in 83, uh, the man thing uh, you told me Uh the album again was was eclectic, rock oriented more at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was kind of in the theme of Tinsel Town Rebellion. Yes. Uh, there was a second album also released that year called London Symphony Orchestra Volume One, and it featured orchestral compositions. The conductor was Kent Nagano. Uh, he had he was leading the the London Symphonic Orchestra at that point, and. Uh, he he loved working on Zappa. He did. thought it was great, uh, but Zappa, and Zappa was actually not satisfied with those performances because the trumpet section went out on a break and went drinking, came back lumped up and was all out of tune. And it, yeah. and it took like something like 40 edits. In the studio to get like everything back right. Well, Zappa was very anti drug You know, when
2: you played for he one, to get
1: sober. You're right, and I get it. But you're dealing, you dealing with the British. Exactly. Right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had, yeah. They, they had to go to the They, park went, park. they went for their pub break, okay. And,
2: and pop, it,
1: it probably was an hour, an hour. Yeah. Have some warm beer and come back, okay. Um, but you know, he, he was unhappy with it. But I've heard he actually. I've very heard good pe- I've heard pieces of it. I mean, but I guess it's edited, so I don't know what it, well know. I mean i don't have the world for the job but yeah now in 84 he would team up with Nagano again uh with a live performance called a Zappa affair and it was performed by the Berkeley Symphony Orchestra uh now this Firstly, was in California Ber- Not Berkeley Boston I think it's California Yes. Yes. Yeah. California. Um, it was. It was critically acclaimed, but they they only uh, performed it twice. Right. Because financially it was a flop. Yeah. They all, they, you know, it was kind of like. Uh, I think it was stage sets, and, and it was kind of like you know theatrical things going on. Right. It cost a lot. Of money. It cost a lot of money, yeah. and, it, and and the, I guess a lot, not a lot of people showed up. I guess or no, But it was critically acclaimed. Uh, Zappa for the remainder of his career. Yeah was influenced by an early digital synthesizer called the Synclavier. Uh, I got I got kind of issues with this. I, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, it basically did away with the need for musicians. Well, you know we did. Okay, we're getting towards the end. I got about a page and a half, Rob. All right. Yeah. Uh, he, um, what do you think about that? Because it, it, it kind of takes away the need It started, for musician. It started like jazz from hell
2: at on. Jazz out was, I think He was using like, that, that instrument, yeah. It's not an instrument. It's it, it well, what I've read, and I've seen interviews of him from that period, he says, I can get everything the way I want it. He was a control freak. He, yes, he was a workaholic, but yes, I think he had, like I said before, he had OCB issues, and he wanted, you know, he said, I can hear it in my head, and this machine can, can do it. Yeah you know so and i think you know after um 1988 um uh, broadway the hard way which came out which is a great album he was done with touring because he wasn't making any money yeah. the musicians weren't up to snuff and i ain't gotta agree with him i've heard some of stuff in the stuff i i didn't like the 84 to 88 band. i didn't care for them yeah the, you know he had very good musicians in there but i didn't like the drummer Chad Wackerman because he used a lot of uh simmons drones electronic drones yeah
1: and i thought it just cheap with that and like boop, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did yeah,
2: a lot yeah, of that yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but Zappa figured out a way that he could just work in his house because Zappa was he would work all night He'd 12 hours at least a
1: day and he, he always
2: said he says well i sleep during the day while everybody else was destroyed he said i like working at night because right and yeah like you said he just cigarette you know he would just and he had his 24 track and he would just he would make music he would do yeah he would do much much. yeah
1: that's just what it did now um it was something you know he 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 would he would he would would use this this device this in but he also had a respect for live musicians still so he was Mm -hmm. still using them at that point uh the album for released in '84 was uh, Boulez Conduct Zappa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Perfect Stranger was called. There was something called think Fish Thing that Fish came is. out, and Francisco Zappa yeah. featured the, featuring the Cinquemila. Yes. Uh, around 1986, Zappa oversaw the huge project of re-releasing and remastering all of his back catalog onto CD. Yes. You remember mid to late 80s, CDs were starting to take over. Things were coming out or uh, coming out again that hadn't been out in many years on CD. He personally oversaw his entire catalog being remastered. Uh, some fans, though, felt he didn't do a good job. Uh, they felt that it didn't, it wasn't true to the real recordings. The purists. Yes. The purists. And, and you know what? I probably would have been one of those people in oh, yeah. 1986, oh, 87. Yeah. right? Because I resisted getting any CD until about 1991, okay. and it wasn't until I saw the Misfits walk among us on CD, available at Tower Records, over there, yeah, 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 yeah. that 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 I knew. I said, "Ah, oh, the fucking world changed." I gotta go. Well, actually, I started to start I getting. Co-
2: the cleanest production of any Misfits. Well,
1: yeah, well. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was the first time you could hear his dancing fucking lyrics, you know, clearly. Exactly, uh, yeah. Oh, that's what he said. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've been thinking the wrong thing for five years, you know. But um, that's funny. But um, you know, you know, some people were critical of the, of the CD releases, but yeah. it, it was a way to get his material that hadn't been able to, you know, get before because things were out of. Place I think for he so made long.
2: more money doing.
1: Honestly, with my own opinion. He might have. when he yeah. teamed up with Ryko, yeah,
2: which is now out of business. R Y K. They had a yeah. great. They were a Japanese.
1: I I remember them. Yes. They were great. I had like tons. Of I stuff had on stuff there. on there. Yeah,
2: stuff that's like just out of print now. But the first thing I got was I got the reissue or the re-release of Shaky Booty. Yeah, on that I bought it in on the Ryko disc, Yeah, when it was on the Ryko catalog. Yeah, and. I, I had no problem with it because I never had it on vinyl when I was
1: a kid. To hear it. So, to me, it, it, it sounded good, you know? Now, uh, the, nowadays, you can get, uh, again, a lot of the Zappa back catalog on like 180. Records, yeah, zapparecords.com. Yeah, 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 they're putting it all out. And I guess it's it might even be better sounding than what you've you heard. you got to realize, that, though, there's still still the, stuff that yeah, has he, never been he, he has under you know there were vaults yeah under his house yeah okay where he had everything left and recorded yeah. probably just like did a show put it up there never saw it again or he would pull it out and say yeah i'm going to take the
2: bass track off that and mix it he did a lot of that conceptual accountability xenochrony yeah he was known for that and that's
1: that's and, no other and what, why what i other like like thing One thing I want to mention, too, is he was about 15 years ahead of his time because he was talking about, and it never got past the drawing board pretty much, but he was was thinking about an idea of like a digital to digital transfer of music through phone lines or through cable lines, almost like a download. And this was in the the 80s, before the internet, he He was trying to develop something like that. Had he lived, who knows? would have uh in 86 he got his first grammy finally all right for the album jazz from hell uh the award was actually given to him in 1988 uh the album came out in late 86 uh it was under the best rock instrumental category and it was for the song saint 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 etienne uh the album was entirely instrumental but it featured the new PMRC Parents Music Resource Center label warning label, and we're going to talk about this a little bit because it's important to talk about Zappa. But I want to and his you know his censorship issues with Congress. Um, his last tour was in 1988 with a 12-piece group that kind of. Fell apart yep. before the album, could be, the, the tour could be completed. Broadway the hard way. Yeah, Broadway the hard way. Uh, yeah. and they released the best band you've never heard in your life. Uh, it featured tracks from almost 100 yeah that he had written for that tour. Yep. Uh, there was Broadway the hard way, and then the best band you've never heard in your life. Um, it, 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 you know, unfortunately, the tour fell apart. But uh, the live album. The best band you've never heard in your life also had cover tunes like his version of "Stay Away to Heaven" by Led Zeppelin, yeah, his version true. of "I Am the Walrus" by the Beatles. Isn't yes. Whipping post, on there? whipping post is on there as well. Yeah, an Brothers song. He didn't do many, bro. No, he he did. Well, I mean, in the early days, he did because well, he I, had to.
2: directly from my heart.
1: That's yeah, it, but uh, yes, from Chuck from, from, seven, from to seventy from the seventy original. The original. From probably 70 or 68 until uh, yeah. yeah. that time, he hadn't done many yeah,
2: covers. Yeah, no, he hadn't done many covers. No. But, yeah, you're right. Not even on studio albums, so, Oh, he's also, he also, on that tour, he did Ring of Fire. That, I didn't know. A reggae version of Ring of Fire, which, really, I I listened to it, and I'm like, okay, you know, it must have been a reggae yeah, night. You know, cause he would he would do it that. He would do that. You know, song goes, I, I forgot what song he goes, because he could really go Hawaiian, and they start playing like
1: the Saints. Oh, thing he says it's guy. Hawaiian? He's like, oh, but they can really Hawaiian. go Hawaiian. Reggae's got to do with Hawaiian. No, man. but i think saying, like, thinking,
2: like he, would, he would do that. Like, yeah. He would play, because he would say, oh, you know, the big rock stars that come out, they're all coked up, and they're like, yeah, man, look, we're going to play our biggest hit. We're going to play reggae style, you know? And he would, he would make fun of them. Right, right, right,
1: because they were assholes, you know? Pretty much. Now, in 90, 1990, Zappo got diagnosed with terminal prostate cancer. Yeah. Okay. It uh, had got di- uh, undiagnosed for about 10 years, um, and it was determined as inoperable. There was done. they to do about it. Uh, so he would dedicate the last three years of his life to modern orchestral music, and he would use the Synclavier digital machine, whatever you want to call it, uh, for most of those compositions. Uh, he did manage to conduct a few of these, like, orchestral concerts with different orchestras. Uh, a popular one at the time uh, was performed in Frankfurt, Germany. And he did a song called
0: G-Spot Tornado. G-Spot Tornado. Okay. Uh,
1: and he had conducted the the, the beginning overture. Yep. And then he did G-Spot Tornado going into it. So it was maybe a half hour, something like that. Yeah. He, was, he was doing it. Uh, but he wasn't well and he couldn't stand for that long. And he had to turn it over to conductor Peter Rundell. Yep. Uh, when he did that in Frankfurt, he got a 20 minute standing. Yes, waiting. yes, he did. Amazing, amazing. Uh, you went in here? I don't know. Yeah. Just kidding. Hello? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it was obvious. And I remember those those days when it was kind of like we knew Frank was sick, uh, he was going to die that, okay? It was just a matter of when. Yep. Uh, but recording from some of these orchestral shows that he did at the end would appear on his last album called Yellow Shark. The Yellow Shark. Yep. And that came out in 1993. Uh, Zappa, sadly, would pass away at his home December 14th, 1993 with his whole family at his side. December 4th. I'm sorry, December, me, right. December 4th. I'm seeing the show. December 4th, 1993, uh, he's buried in unmarked grave at the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery in Los Angeles. Uh, I guess his family... <laughs> he, he, no, he requested he that. He requested that, right? He said, so I don't... He you said, don't want people there? He, in one of his last
2: interviews, they said, do you want to re-remember? He says, no, it's not that important.
1: Okay. And the man was very sick Yeah. cancer. Yeah, yeah amazing. Uh, very sad. Um... He only was 53 years old. Not even 53 years, short of his 53rd birthday. Yes. Can you get any little bit Yeah. He would have been 80 this year. He would have turned 80 on the 21st of December. Okay. Um, one, one thing I want to talk about briefly, all right, is the PMRC hearings that he did in, like, 85 and 86. Yep. Um, and for, for those of you who aren't old enough to remember, the Parent Music Resource Center was a was a group of of, of senators' wives uh, headed by tippa Gore, Al Gore's ex-wife. You remember ex? Yeah, they got divorced. You don't remember that? No, I don't. He was getting happy ending massages, and he had to fucking while well, he was screaming about climate change, yeah, yeah. right? okay, right. Yeah, on, know, on, yeah. on the plane that he was flying around, blowing, yeah. blowing carbon yeah, yeah. out of it. But, you know, yeah, yeah, okay. and, and and he was getting you know jerked off by massage people. Okay. Anyway, Gore, Democrat yep. headed that. And there was a hearing, I mean it's classic, if you can look it up online, he had, had yeah, D. Snyder and Sisters. Yeah. And Frank Zappa made a very great case about about censorship and how it's wrong and how they have no right to
3: uh,
1: impose, tell, their impose, will, impo- yeah. impose their will on us. Tell us what's obscene, what's not obscene. Right. You know, if anything, it, it's up to your parents to tell you as a teenager you shouldn't be listening to that. Okay. But once you're eighteen, that shit's over with. Alright, you know, sorry, okay? And 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 they they were putting these stickers, they still do they put stickers on shit. It's even gotten worse because it's I mean no one buys CDs anymore, but but it's all it's moved over to video games. Now video games are censored. What did they tell you
2: on the train? What? Zappa went in front of all these Washington bureaucrats and you know, yada yada yada, and he said what he had to say.
3: Yeah. A few
2: years later, he said, wow. "Them putting stickers on our records. There was records back. Then. There were CDs, but more records. Records." Yeah. He said, "Make all of
1: us a lot of money, so we should thank these people." Yeah, because that you know human, human, human natural human behavior is if yes. you tell me don't oh, do that don't do that oh work. that's dirty you don't want to hear that it. you don't want to hear it so you don't, don't want to do it. it
2: back in the days you gotta go to the magic register right. look yeah i need that red fox or
1: mom right album, right know? i mean how many, I mean, back in the day when it, when it was well, video, it. video stores and you had the you know behind the curtain was the pornos yes you you wanted yes. to go back there you were waiting for the one cool guy that would you know work the video store and you let it, you go it, back it, there it, here I, I
2: hate to spoil it but every video back there was Ron jeremy Ron Jeremy, he's a
1: jailer, sitting in jail right now. That's what I hear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he can't make bail. He's got like 20 fucking women saying that he raped them. Uh, he sexually them. I'm not going to even apply on that right now. I mean, you see, seen Ron Maybe he did. It is. possible. In a way, right? then. Ron Jeremy taught me everything
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like the old joke. Yeah. What's a foot long yeah. with maggots? What? John Owens. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. All right. So, everybody, thank you very much for listening to the, the Zappa podcast. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Dan, yes. Scott, for thank coming you, on. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you, sir. It's tomorrow. Okay, but tomorrow. closing up. Got to go to work. Am, uh, took you out today because it's Sunday. Thank you, sir. Right. And coincidentally... Okay, uh, there is a brand new movie coming out called Zappa, mm-hmm. brand new documentary coming out November 27th, uh, which will be when this, you're catching an early live version of this it's podcast. It's birthday. Yeah, that's
2: true. Wow. I, 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 I forgot had.
1: that. Uh, and it's, it, this show will be aired again in the beginning of December, so probably a few days before. This uh, movie is coming out. It's going to get a full release in theaters. called uh, It's called Zap'em. and it's supposedly the most comprehensive documentary done. I think he has the, I think it's with the permission of the family, and you know all that shit.
2: I hope his two older children get
1: paid. Yeah, it's uh, Weasel whatever.
2: Because two younger children with greedy. Uh, vomit, vomit,
1: vomit, vomit, and right. diva. All right, but I- thank you very much for watching and I hope you enjoyed it. Next week we're going to do Grand Funk Railroad, which was another uh, highly requested show that we do. Uh, Later the week after that we're going to be doing the British Band, The Only Ones and then the last weekend of December we're doing a to be announced special live show. I don't have it all worked out yet. We're going to have some live music but we're going to have uh, we're going to talk about possibly some Good rock and roll movies. I think Scott the Clown will be on. It's going to be a whole fucking thing. Scott the Clown. Scott the Clown. Yep, yep, yep. So remember, everybody, what do we always say? Don't get drunk, get, get loved up. Take care, people.
3: Good
2: night. I'm starving.
1: Yeah, I'm locked Yeah, I
2: need another beer. Yeah. Because I went outside to the smoke, and like I stood on the thing, and it just went all the water, hit my cigarette. And, and I was like, Yeah, oh,
3: that's not